With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another player profile and projection brought to you by the Shea Station. Guys, that's Jerry. I'm Jolly. And today we have one of the bigger episodes of the series because we kind of saved a lot of the big names for the last week here. And this is going to be one of my favorites, I think, because we're talking about the best hitter on the New York Mets today. Wow, that's bold. I don't think that's so. A, I don't know if that's true. Hmm. I don't know. Best hitter. He is, he is special. We're talking about Pete Alonzo, the polar bear. It's very fitting because it is shockingly cold outside right now here in Ohio. It was freezing yesterday. It's freezing today, but we get to talk about Pete Alonzo and I am a happy and I'm warm and toasty on the inside. Uh, we're talking about Peter Lonzo today. And if you're a betting man, I would put down some money on Pete Alonzo to do some great things this season because this episode is brought to you by DraftKings. Shea Station's going to Hollywood, baby. We got some sponsors now. People are hopping on the train. Get it, pun intended. If you're a college basketball fan, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with the DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If the sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join in on the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most three-pointers, and then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use promo code JOHNBOY, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win, and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code JOHNBOY. How about that ad read, Jerry? Not bad. That's a great job. I still got it, baby. Welcome on board, DraftKings. I, I wanted to before we get into Pete Alonso, this is I want to get a little regional speak here. So having traveled, I'm from Ohio, Midwest, grew up born and raised, having traveled around. One thing that we say here is pop instead of soda, or like in the South Atlanta area, everything's a Coke. What sure. kind of Coke do you want? I want Sprite. Um, I've adopted soda because it just fits right. Yeah, I agree. Something that you guys in the Northeast say is tournament. I say tournament. Now, okay. I think you guys, it's more accurate to say tournament. You right. think about all of that. That's one of them I can't buy into, though. Yeah, I think if it's like, if it's tournament, there would be no O. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, the English is a silly language as far yeah. as pronouncing things. We have silent letters, like all the, all the above. Like, it's a difficult, silly language. Um, knife like that we won't get into how it's spelled but tournament is correct I think but I sure. will never say anything but tournament myself 
I can I can understand that. And I think it would be fun to say pop over soda, honestly. Like if I was raised that way, I think I'd embrace it more than anything. I became a it's soda. I became I embrace soda because it just feels more correct to me. I'll say pop like being silly because somebody will say like we should go out and celebrate and have a couple pops. And it's like referring to soda, but it means you go out and have a couple of beers. It's just like, you know, just a saying. But uh, tournament is not not that's right alongside of have a catch for me. Although, no, I take that back. Tournament. Seems like you should say it, but I will never say it. You know, I'm trying really hard to think of a good way to phrase a segue with Peter Alonzo and then the Coca-Cola polar bear with soda. Oh my and I just I couldn't put it together. I thought that <laughs> I, I thought that I could figure it out. I thought all the gears grinding in your head, uh, <laughs> but I, I appreciate it. But let's get let's jump right in because this is exciting. We are speaking on the preeminent power hitter in baseball today possibly wow. i don't know i was that's the but that's the bigger claim i think honestly well i, I was look there's not many pure home run hitters in the in baseball today you've got like otani who's a good overall hitter speed guy tatis who's exciting hit tons of homers marcus simeon you know you have Vladdy, yeah. you, you would think vladdy but this guy hit for the triple crown right um the only one that I could think of, there's two guys. One is Joey Gallo. Right. Uh, and the other one is Adam Duvall. And these guys are just pure power hitters. I think as far as pure power goes, the old school home run style hitters, I think that Pete Alonzo is the greatest of all of them. I think he's the cream of the crop right now. And I think that because of the failure of the 2021 Mets, uh, his season doesn't get recognized a whole lot, but he was the guy that was on the field the most and making the most out of all of his at-bats. He was a 134 OPS plus guy with 37 home runs last season. And what you could consider something of a down year in quotation marks, just considering what he did in 2019, but still 262 batting average, 344 on base, 519 slugging and 27 doubles with 94 RBIs. This was an incredible year for Pete Alonso. And, you know, during those dog days of August where he was basically the only, you know, productive hitter in the lineup, he was scratching tooth and nail to get a run on the board every single time that he took an at-bat. So, I mean, that's in my mind why I think of Alonzo as the face of this Mets lineup, because I think whenever he takes an at-bat, you know, the fear is really on the pitcher's eyes. I I love everything that you said. I agree with everything that you said. Um, I, I was so impressed with Pete Alonso last year. He came out in 2019 and lit the world on fire. He he hit 53 home runs, won the rookie of the year, was an all-star home run derby. I mean, just an absolute huge splash. Then the pandemic hit in 2020, and he had kind of a down year. His power numbers, his, his batting average dropped to 230. He only hit 16 home runs, but they were all like at the end. Yeah, like a lot in the last he week. He was pressing at the beginning because he felt like that was a short season. But then last year, he proved to me, not that he had to, but he showed me that he is that guy. He is that big power hitter that he burst on the scene in 19. I think he's that guy. He showed it to me. I'm super excited for him uh, to, to anchor this Mets lineup. I really think we, we were talking about it, his 21, and I was thinking about the 2022 Mets lineup. And I was looking at like his projected at bats and plate appearances. I'm tempted if I were the manager to bat this guy third. Well, I want to talk, I want to talk about that a little bit. Cause I 
we talked about lineup placement with Lindor and the first PPP that we ever did. And I found it really interesting that Pete Alonso's worst OPS for the like spots that he hit in the most was in the cleanup hole. He had an 817 yeah. OPS last year as the cleanup hitter, a 972 OPS as a three hitter. So I think that, that idea is not a bad one at all. I know like the notion of the traditional three hitters kind of leaving baseball a little bit and like Lindor fits there because of the righty lefty thing that the Mets are trying to execute. But like the numbers don't lie, dude. They really don't. I mean, again, I, I keep thinking about this lineup and how I would put it together. And at first it's Alonso is your cleanup hitter, right? You know, Lindor, your 350 million, $351 million man is your three hitter. And Nimmo is your leadoff hitter. But the more I think about it, I would put Marte at the top, let him get on base and run wild, let Nimmo bat second and get mm. on base and bat Alonso third, and then put Lindor fourth, fifth, sixth. I don't know. You know, it's hard to do because of that contract, but if you got to do what's best for the team. And I, that's what I love about Buck. He'll talk to these guys and he'll be like, look, this is the best for the team. You may not like it, but get used to it. Get in. They'll, it's not set in stone. Things will move around. Yeah. But I think that's the most exciting lineup is, is Marte because you're going to pay him to steal bases and, and all that. Then Nimmo is an on-base machine who proved that it doesn't matter where he hits in the lineup, that he's going to have the same approach. So it's not going to mess with his, his numbers. And then you, you give Lonzo as many at-bats as he can. So I, I think that if I had to put it down on paper, that would be my one, two, three. And I think a lot of our conceptions of this lineup were wrong to begin with because we both thought that Marte was going to be patrolling center and now he's the right fielder. So Nimmo's back in center field. And I mean, like the only reason that I don't fully can get, I, the only reason I'm not fully on board with Alonso as a three hitter is because I can't imagine anybody else in the four hole. Like if we go, if we went out and got a Cruz or a Schwarber or something like that, that's an ideal guy to protect Alonso's bat, but somebody will have to step up behind Alonso to be that serviceable cleanup hitter in my mind. I don't know if it's Lindor. I think he's kind of a five hitter in my opinion, get him with a lot of like runners and scoring position opportunities and stuff like that. But if it is Lindor, I'm not unhappy. Yeah, I mean, Lindor, especially this spring, is showing his old stroke from both sides of the plate. He looks great. I think he could handle batting fourth. He just don't don't think that you have to hit home runs to protect Pete Alonso. You right. don't. You just have to put together good at bats. And I think he's learned to do that. You know, we could we could mix it up. I don't think Canna's the right guy back there. Um, I'm not exactly sure of the makeup, but I just want to get Pete Alonso as many at bats with people on base as you can in that three hole seems to be the proper place to do it. And I mean, you talk about consistent at-bats. Alonzo kind of looked like a new hitter at times last year. I mean, first off on the consistency, he OPSed above 800 in every month last year except May. So that's five of the six months of the regular season. A big thing I wanted to note is that his strikeout percentage was far lower than it had ever been in his career. 19.9% last year, which isn't a fantastic mark. It's a pretty average mark, uh, all things considered among the league. But when you consider his 2019 and 2020 mark of 26.1, that's a 6% drop in strikeouts. And I mean, Alonzo came up huge in a lot of clutch situations last year. And that's because he was putting the ball in play far more than he ever had. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you think about um, power hitters like that, he went basically from striking out one in four times to striking out one in five times. That's a big jump. That's a whole yeah. at bat. Like that is wild. Um, I don't know. You would think like looking at it, it seems kind of like an anomaly a little bit because right. his on-base percentage didn't spike because he was 
striking out significantly less, but I, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's his new approach. And maybe that was more of him recognizing that there was nobody behind him and he was a little bit more patient. Who who knows? Um, but all I know is that he is a power hitter. Do, do you want to, do you want to jump into the projections here? Before we do, I just want to touch on one more thing about, cause I, you brought up his aggression and I think that's an important thing to know because that is sort of a newer thing about Alonzo. We know that the entire Mets lineup struggled with fastballs last season. It was painful to watch at times, but Alonzo was one of the few guys that I felt like could catch up consistently and because of that, a lot of pitchers were starting Mets hitters off with fastballs. And Alonzo attacked the first pitch more than anybody in this Mets lineup. And it was something that I actually got on him for in previous Chase Station episodes from last season. But, I mean, when I looked at the numbers, I was really shocked. He had 19 home runs and a 951 OPS when he swung at the first pitch last season. He also grounded into a team-leading 20 double plays. So, I mean, these things have caveats and they come and go. But when you look at the overall scope of what he did in 2021. I'm very satisfied with where Pete Alonzo was at with his new approach. With that being said, you mentioned the projections for 2022 and they are lofty. They are big. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. If we look at, we've been using steamer um, on the fan graph. So I'll, I'll read off those real quick. So steamer has him projected at, let's see, we'll start with just home runs at 45 home runs and 98 are uh, 98 runs scored and 117 RBI. Yeah. Like that is, I mean, if we get that, that's projected. That's amazing. If we get those, that's MVP style. They have them batting 261, which is right in line with, with where he was. Um, I, I, they do have him getting caught stealing once <laughs> like a lot of these, right. He is five and Oh, he is yeah, five. Stolen bases. He's sneaky. He had three last year. No caught stealing. I, I, I think that's an interesting approach, but he's a smart base runner. He, he'll take it when he gets it. But these projections are enormous. These are of a MVP caliber player. This is, I mean, yeah. Pete Alonso, it shocks me to see that he didn't get a single vote last season. I know that the, the race was kind of stacked towards the end, but I mean, Alonso has always been an MVP consideration aside from like 2020. But when you put up that number of RBIs, I know it's not like skill-based so much, but it is appealing to the eye. It's still appealing to my eye to see a triple it's digit still, there. To me, I think it's a thing. I yeah. really still think RBI is a, is a pressure situation. You may not be able to quantify it. A lot of it is luck because of situation, but that's a clutch thing that you can't quantify yet or they haven't figured it out. But uh, I think, I think uh, an MVP is in this era is a stretch for him as, as a first baseman. And he's gotten better. He's serviceable over there, but he's not Freddie Freeman. He's not Matt Olson over there. Um, so I think that is going to weigh his MVP votes down just on the way they vote for it now. And they, they, they push for defense. I was shocked when Freddie won it. He deserved it. Um, but you have to be like a plus, plus, plus defender at first base to, to really get it. He, he's capable of doing it strictly off of his offensive numbers. But again, uh, these are MVP offensive numbers. Yeah, I think that uh, his defense definitely improved. Don't get me wrong. And the the sound and I mean, the looks at the spring training lineups and the stuff like that, it doesn't look like Alonzo is going to be moving from first. I don't think I think the Mets probably don't want to mess with his mojo all too much. I think he'll be an MVP consideration, but for him to truly take the leap to getting towards the top of that voting ballot. I think he needs to be a 300 hitter to push that OBP up towards the 400s and get that OPS maybe above into the one dot territory, like a 150 OPS plus type player. But I mean, 
I don't even think Alonzo needs to hit these projection numbers for me to be satisfied with what he does next season. I think that I would take a 30 to 35 home run season with a hundred RBIs, his usual splits. And I think that he would be a really effective hitter. My main thing as it always has been with Alonzo that he's proven throughout his three years in the big leagues is just stay on the field, play every day because we need your bat in the lineup every day. And Alonzo is that kind of guy where he never wants to sit. And that's really the type of guy you want in the middle of your lineup. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been compared a bunch to Ryan Howard, the, the Phillies great, because they were Ryan Howard was the fastest to whatever number of home runs, the shortest amount in the games. And then Alonso was like second. And again, that added in that that 2020 shortened COVID season. They, they go by games played just a, a weird set. But I think that is a really good comparison because. Now that that great Phillies lineup from those, you know, like 05 to 2012 seasons of that lineup, I think this Mets lineup on paper stacks up right along those those great Phillies teams. Um, and so I think they're going to be in front of him on base. He can put up like Ryan Howard had 149, 136, 146, 141 RBI totals that I think is in the realm of possibilities for Pete Alonso. Um, you know, I look at these numbers, uh, Ryan Howard numbers, they're similar, like 260, 250. You know, he had a 313 batting average year when he won the MVP. That's what I'm saying. If he hit, if Alonso hits 300, then he's, he could win the MVP. I don't think it's, I don't expect it. I would take the under a hundred percent of the times. If you want to bat, if you want to throw that for your over under, I'll, I'll hammer that under, but, um, (laughs) But him and Ryan Howard are very similar. Um, and so I like that comparison because that's an old school style. And, and I think this Mets and that Phillies team, as much as Mets fans despise them, they were really good. And I think that's that's potential for Pete Alonso here. Yeah, well, you talked about over-unders and your over-under for today is very fun. I'm going to kick things off, so we'll save yours for last here. And I'm going to stick with that strikeout percentage note that I mentioned before. I think that Alonzo getting under 20% was a really big step forward for him because, like you mentioned before, he's a pure power hitter in the traditional sense. He, He struck out a lot. He only really hit for home runs, not even really doubles. All of his slugging numbers were catapulted by that. Last season, he was more of a balanced hitter, in my opinion. And 2019 and 2020, he had 36 doubles combined. Just last season, 27 doubles. So I feel like he's changing his approach a little bit, becoming a little bit more contact-based, and he's going to be better for it. My over-under, I'm going to set at 20.0 for his strikeout percentage. Can Alonso get under that again and further lower his career average from that 25% mark that it was before? You want, okay, I'll go. I'll answer this, and I'm going to take the over. Mm. Um, I think he's going to strike out more in that one in four, closer to that one in four, the closer to 25 percent. Because I just I like when he's that is his approach. If he keeps that under 20 percent, and and that's his style now, I think his his ceiling is crazy high but I I think the more traditional kind of float back to where the the mean is 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 above that. I'm going to take the under here. So we're going to disagree because I think that Alonzo learned a lot last year. I think that he had to bear the pressure of the entire Mets lineup for probably the first time in his career. I think he had way more backup in previous seasons, especially 2020. And I think that uh, it's not worth it for him to, to go back to that pure slugging guy. I think that he was a better, more well-rounded hitter and his numbers will spike if he has more protection in this lineup, in my opinion. So I'm going to take the under. 
Cool. I love it. Let's let's uh, disagree. I'm I, I like it. So let's just be let's be fair here because I saw on our social medias that I took the over on yeah. the positive guy. In this effect, the over is a negative thing. You're changing your ways on the fly, <laughs> man. Jeez. Well, I mean, you know, I took the over as well on on um, on Taiwan Walker's ERA being right, over right, four. Right. But that was also negative. But uh, you guys do whatever you need to do social media. It's all about narratives. Cool. So let's go. We're going to go into mine. You know, it could easily be the home run. You know, Willie hit right. 40 plus or whatever. I wanted to have a little bit more fun with this over under. And I'm going to set it at 0.5. So it's either yes or no, basically. Okay. Will Pete Alonzo three-peat the home run derby? Yeah. <laughs> this is I, a really a good one. one this is a very i think this might be your best one of any that we've done so far <laughs> i'm very happy with this one i am going to take the over for purely selfish reasons because i might be in attendance for the home run derby this year uh we'll see i don't know what the exact plans for uh john Wayne media will be but if I'm there, I want to see Pete three Pete for sure. I'm going to be screaming my freaking head off. And I mean, like he's had some close calls in the past with the other derbies, like his battles with Vladdy and Jock Peterson. And last year, last year was kind of a wash. Like Pete had that wrapped up. And I think that he's like the man to take down. So I'm excited to see who will come out and compete against him. I want to see some other like National League Titans, like maybe Schwarber or like Jorge Soler come out because they mash. But I think Alonso is still that guy. So if he participates, I think he wins. I am taking the over as well. I want to see him three-peat. He, he deserves it. He's the only, he's the, you know, last of a dying breed of pure power hitters. He is proud of the home run derby. You saw how excited he got when he won. He takes Spun the chain. In. Yeah. The chain, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm excited to see it. I hope, I hope he, he gets a chance to three-peat because uh, I'll be rooting for him as well. Hell yeah. All right, man. That was solid, man. I think so too, man. I'm I'm really um I'm really excited to see Pete Alonso bat. I think he is a fantastic New York Met. And uh, you know, he's he's the guy, dude. He's a home run hitter. And he he showed me last year. I was super impressed, super proud of him to really step up into and he could have easily folded because of everybody around him and he's you know he stood tall put the team on his shoulders when everybody else was kind of collapsing around him and he held the team up on the, on those broad shoulders let's not rip that jersey off of him it doesn't do him any favors yeah, really he's a very is. strong guy let's leave the jersey on yeah come on let's let's be gentle with pete and i mean like we we talked a lot about what ifs in the mets lineup like Will McNeil bounce back? Will Lindor bounce back? Can Nimmo stay healthy? This is the only guy in that lineup that I have no worries about. I know that Pete Alonso is going to go out there and give us everything he can because that's the kind of player he is. It might not be what those projections entail, but at the end of the day, Pete Alonso is going to mash baseballs as long as he's on the field. I couldn't agree more. And I think this year he'll be able to even take the, the pressure off of himself and, and really just play some baseball and, and mash some baseball. So guys, thank you for listening to our latest PPP. We'll be back once again tomorrow. We're winding down one more week of PPPs left and then it's baseball season. So stay tuned. Get excited. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets.